Why did Stephen Becker become a Mormon and then later leave the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? What do Mormons believe and teach that are in conflict with Christianity and God's Word? Join us today as I interview Stephen Becker. He'll talk about the six years he and his wife were actively involved in Mormonism and why he left. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. As I mentioned, Reverend Stephen Becker is my guest today, and he was a Mormon for six years. Today, he's the pastor of Green Haven Lutheran Church in Sacramento, California. Thanks, Reverend Becker, for being my guest today. I'm glad to be here. All right. Well, I am just anxious to hear more about your story because a friend of mine, uh, I serve on the Lutheran Hour Ministries Board of Directors, and and uh, uh, she also serves on that board, and she heard of our ministry, uh, counter-cult ministry, and was telling me about you, and i like, I did not know there was an LCMS pastor that used to be a Mormon. I'm sure there may be others, but sometimes we're just in the dark when it's such a big church body and we don't know. So I want to hear your story. Now, I understand you actually grew up in a Christian home. Is that correct? Yes, in an LCMS family, as a matter of fact. And so I attended worship services with my parents, who were immigrants from Germany, uh, and I was confirmed uh, at the typical age of 14 in the LCMS, and actually remained somewhat active through my youth. I became active in the youth group and uh, until the time I went to college, which, mm-hmm. you know, we find that to be the case so many times now, uh, where I uh, stopped attending church on a regular basis, I went to school, graduated, and then met my wife, who was largely unchurched. Oh. I w- was a Christian, uh, but was essentially unchurched. And um, so we for a short while attended a mission congregation of the LCMS in Elk Grove, California, uh, that met at a funeral home, which was a challenge. Some folks <laughs> did not like yeah. worshiping in the sanctuary or at the chapel of a funeral home, especially if you'd walk in the wrong door and you'd run into a coffin or oh. a casket there. <laughs> uh, and so we attended there for about a year or so. We were newlyweds, uh, and... Uh, and during that time, as many newlyweds do, we started making friends of other young couples of the area. It was a, a new area that was being developed. And after perhaps a year or so, what we found was the majority of our friends were all Mormon. Oh, I see. And you were in California at the time as well? Yes, okay. in Elk Grove, California, which is really only about 10 or 15 miles from here. Okay. And, and California is, I think there are three states that have the highest number of Mormons, and I know California is either second or third. I'm They're second. Second, the Roman yeah. Catholic Church is first, and the Mormons are second. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So that's how you got involved, because you had a lot of friends. That's correct, yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, we were doing various activities with them in the evenings, and then they started inviting us to activities there at the church, and uh, on the first or second one of those events, of course, they introduced us to the missionaries who wanted more than anything to get to know us and, and came to the house and visited with us. And before we knew it, were, were giving us 
what they called the first lesson mm-hmm. of the six that they give potential converts. They call them investigators. And uh, they were very personable. We, we uh, really made a friendship with these young men. And, uh, you know, about halfway through those discussions, they uh, ask you to start considering becoming a Mormon. Mm-hmm. They give you a copy of the Book of Mormon. They task you with reading it and then praying whether it is true. Mm-hmm. To feel and, to feel like something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. S- strongly relying on feelings. Mm-hmm. And that you will feel a burning in your bosom. Right. That's, That's the terminology the term. yeah, they use. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so uh, we continued down that road and um, made the decision... Uh, Part of that was perhaps because my wife was very comfortable. She was unchurched, mm-hmm. and suddenly these were, these were friends that were getting her actively involved in a church. You know, from on the surface, especially when you investigate Mormonism, it looks very Christian. It certainly yes. sounds Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess from my perspective, it was important for me to have an active faith life, and thinking at that point that they were a Christian denomination— and my wife liked it there, well, maybe this was a good sure. thing, I thought. So you did not know at the time of the differences between what they believe and what the no. body of Christ, not just Lutherans, but Correct. The, the body of Christ. You did not know that. And I think that's pretty common, isn't it? I think the challenge a lot of times is we just assume Mormons were talking to know all of these things they teach, and so many times they're just like you, they didn't know. That's correct. Yeah. At, the t- at the end of my six years in Mormonism, I knew vastly more about that faith than the average Mormon did. And uh, it, it very much reminds me of the old analogy where you can take a frog and put him in a, a kettle of cold water, and if you turn the fire up too fast, he'll jump out. But if you incrementally and gradually increase that heat, you can boil him and, and he'll be boiled alive, so to speak. And that's very much the way the Mormons operate as well. They do not throw too much at mm-hmm. you at once. So, for example, after you consent to being baptized, which is when you officially become a member of the LDS Church, they then actively uh, befriend you and get you active in your particular congregation, what they call a ward. Mm-hmm. And it isn't for another year until you are able to go through the process, if you're in their terms, a worthy Mormon of going to their temple, because so much is taught and revealed there in those endowment ceremonies in the sure. temple. Yeah, so you so you actually were involved enough to to go to the temple? Oh, yes. We, we jumped in 100%. Uh, I, we gave up coffee and tea, and if, if you know me, especially as a German, <laughs> that was... That was hard, huh? That was very difficult. Um, and we uh, faithfully tithed to the Mormon Church, and uh, we followed all of their, what they call, the laws and the ordinances of the gospel. Now, today as a Christian, not only as a pastor, but as a Christian, that is the the greatest oxymoron I've ever heard of Mm -hmm. before, the laws and the ordinances of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But that's how they put it, and we followed that, and so after... A year, we met with our bishop, that would be like the pastor, and went through an interview with him, and then we went to the stake president, that would be like the maybe uh, the leader of a 
like a district uh, mm-hmm. leader, and also went through that same interview with him. And at that point, we became card-carrying Mormons. And I say that with a chuckle because they hand you a temple recommend. Really? And you have a card that says that it's good for a year, that mm-hmm. says you are eligible to enter the Mormon temple. Mm. And then our friends, our local congregational friends, arranged to go with us. They scheduled it and whatnot so that we wouldn't be alone. And we went to the Oakland Temple. That's about a two-hour drive west of here. Today, the Mormons have a temple in Sacramento, but back then in the the mid-'90s, you went to Oakland. And, um, you know, looking back, my parents... Of course, they were mortified through this whole process. I was wondering about that, because we work more with the families uh, that are often in the same situation of your parents, so they were praying for you all they this time. They were praying for yeah. us, and, you know, they 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 supported us as any parent would do while continued to pray for us. They went with us as we went to the temple. Wow, really? And, of course, if you know about Mormonism, they can't enter the temple, but sure. they went with us to 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 support us with their love, not not in any way endorsing what mm-hmm. we were doing, um, but to show that, hey, we still love you. Yeah. and um, Keep the communication lines open no matter what. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. uh, they, they waited for us. Uh, well, we, we went to the temple twice in a week. The first time was to be what they call endowed. That's where you learn about the Mormon version of the creation uh, of the world. And then a week later, we went again to be sealed to mm-hmm. each other, the, the Mormon idea of eternal marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's when my parents came along, and they waited outside uh, for the 60 or 90 minutes, and then we came back out and took pictures with them, And um, but later found out how how much they were deeply in prayer and reaching out to their friends and their pastor to pray for us. Mm-hmm. They were indeed concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Any committed Christian, if they understand the differences, are uh, challenged. And again, we work so many times with family members that, you know, that prayer is what we say. Pray and keep the communication yes. lines open no matter what. So yes. um, you were involved for six years, just kind of highlight for our listeners a little bit about that involvement besides what you've already said and then let's begin talking about why you left what you know after six years maybe even at the beginning what did you see you know tell us a little bit more well as i said initially what i saw were were very christian like ideas and uh terms uh these were they seemed to be good people who wanted to live good, wholesome, clean lives. And so one of the first callings, if you will, that's what they would call it, is your, each lay person is called to a task or a calling. And mine was to serve the young men of the congregation. They were the 14 to 17-year-olds, and I would do after-school things with them, take them bowling, um, and basically be their friend and an older brother slash mentor. And I did that for about nine months. And then in that particular congregation, in that ward, the ward mission leader, who is the uh, man who is responsible for coordinating all of the missionary activity of, of that particular ward, including the the Mormon missionaries, the good-looking young men you see on the bicycle, mm-hmm. plus the, the members of the congregation also who assist with that, he he 
uh, coordinates all of that activity. And our ward mission leader uh, was moving to Southern California, and so the bishop, the leader of that congregation, approached me about taking on that role. And uh, so I, um, I agreed to that, and for about the next four years or so, that was what I did uh, three evenings a week after work. Um, you know, I those six discussions that I mentioned that the Mormon missionaries use to, to convert investigators, I learned them as well as any missionary did, and we would go out on what were known as splits, where the missionaries, one of the two missionaries would go with one member of the congregation, and the other would go with the other. And so I would go with one of these missionaries to people's homes. I went knocking on doors, um, teaching people, and, you know, after I came out of Mormonism, this is something that I greatly struggled with, but I converted and then later baptized well over a dozen Christians into Mormonism. Oh, wow. Yeah, that has to be very challenging for you. It it certainly reinforced grace and forgiveness for me. Forgiveness, you bet. Yeah. Yeah. Then after that time, then I was asked if I would become part of the stake mission presidency, uh, which would be like in the LCMS, we would call it a circuit. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's four men who who run the missionary activity of each of the wards and the whole area. And uh, I was moved into that role at that time. Um, And right around the same time, I met somebody who was an Mm ex-Mormon who asked me a question, which we'll come back to later, I guess, when we talk about how I left Mormonism. But that individual asked me the question, how are you justified? Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, we're going to talk about why you left, and I'm so glad to hear that it was a question that someone asked you, especially an ex-Mormon. That's uh, that's helpful because we encourage people to ask questions to make people think about these things. Each week, Family Shield offers a booklet or resource to our listeners. This week, we're offering a booklet on Mormonism and various tracks that will help you respond in love to a Mormon. Family Shield purchases and gives away these tracks to those who request them. To receive these resources at no charge, email us at witness2family at gmail.com or call our response center toll-free 1-877-250-8416. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to the Thrivent website, www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice, or call them directly at 1-800-847-4836. Family Shield is a listener-supported radio outreach and is aired on 52 radio stations throughout the United States. Please keep us in prayer and consider a gift this month. We love to hear how this program has touched your heart and strengthened your faith in Christ. Write us, Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. All right, I want to go back to my guest, Reverend Stephen Becker. Uh, He was a Mormon. He is today a Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate pastor. When when we say LCMS, that stands for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate, a conservative Lutheran 
uh, Senate, because there are some that are not so conservative, and sometimes that confuses our non-Lutheran listeners. But you said right before the break that an ex, you met an ex-Mormon and he asked you a question. This is good. We want to spend the rest of the time kind of talking about why you left and hopefully helping our listeners learn a little bit more about what they might share with someone they know that's involved in the Mormon Church. Yes, that question was, how are you justified? And since I had been so active in the Mormon missionary work, I, I knew the Mormon understanding of, of heaven, and that there were three degrees of heaven, and that depending upon how faithful, and what you can read into that is works righteousness, how mm-hmm. hard you worked to earn your way to heaven would determine which level of heaven you would get to. And this was right around the year 2000, which is when the Internet was really in its infancy, but there was enough availability there that I started investigating the Mormon understanding of justification and salvation. And what I first came to find, of course, is that you can never do enough. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, what the Mormons will teach you is that Jesus Christ will offer you grace and salvation and I'm using their terminology here, after all that you can mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So he'll make up the difference where if I just can't do any more, well, you never have any assurance of salvation no. in that regard. Um, and so in, in my investigations into Mormonism uh, at that point, I found uh, some of the things that, it, that they've changed in their theology uh, they've changed in the Book of Mormon. They, for example, uh, in the temple ceremony, where you would promise never to divulge what happens in the temple, they would uh, symbolize uh, disemboweling oneself. Uh, and, you know, it really got me thinking, the God that I knew as a boy growing up in the Lutheran Church, this doesn't sound like mm-hmm. the loving Savior that my Sunday school teachers and that my confirmation teacher taught me about. And uh, I continued looking into what what justification meant for them, and I saw, of course, that it was entirely based on my own works. But then, of course, the next important question would be, so even if I can justify myself, what do I get for that? What is salvation? Mm-hmm. And salvation, what I came to find was uh, you would either live in a place that was supposedly very nice, but there was no God present, uh, or if you're really good, you might be able to live with Jesus Christ through eternity. Or if you were one of the most devout Mormons, you could go to the third level of heaven and potentially even earn your own world in their theology. Um, that didn't sound like the kind of heaven I wanted to spend eternity in. It sounded like a lot of work, to be honest with you, uh, to, to own my own world, so to speak. And you know, as I was continuing to study Mormonism, I found a statement made by one of their prophets, if you will, and he said, as man is, mm-hmm. God once was, and as God is, man may one day be. Mm-hmm. Um, that immediately struck a chord with me having to do with the first commandment. Um, and uh, I... that really then set both my wife and I down a path of where we saw, what have we gotten ourselves into yeah. here? You started realizing this isn't just another Christian denomination. It was it was a pagan right. faith. It, it had 
it used all of the same names of Christianity, but it meant something completely different. So the word grace, for example, a Mormon will tell you that you are saved by grace alone. But what they mean by that is they believe in universal salvation, that everybody is saved, whether they have faith or not. And then after that salvation, you work to find your final status. Hmm. So again, it the, the terminology, the words are the same, but they mean something different. They yeah. say orange when we think of blue. Right, right. Yeah, terminology difficulties are always challenging. Yeah. Well, okay, so you had begun. Our time's going to, you know, fly by here. <laughs> um, and uh, you eventually then, how did you make the decision to leave? Well, it was actually a fairly abrupt decision. Once once we, and I, I believe that was entirely the working of God the Holy Spirit, uh, both my wife and I knew within days of each other that this was this was not where we needed to be, that this was a false religion. And so we contacted our bishop by telephone and also wrote him a letter saying we are leaving the Mormon Church. And if you know anything about mm-hmm. any of the cults, leaving is not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. And so we, we specifically stated to them, do not contact us, leave us alone, we need some time to deal with this. And um, more or less they honored that. There was a few times where others came to the door just because they hadn't seen us in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as it was, we lived about half a mile from a large Lutheran congregation, and uh, so after about six months of having left the Mormon Church, uh, I was definitely led by the Holy Spirit there to to that particular Lutheran congregation and started worshiping there. And Kay, I'll tell you, it was like coming home. It mm. was like coming home to my father's arms. Mm-hmm. I will never forget that that feeling of joy. You know, many Lutherans who are raised in the Lutheran Church have never truly experienced that moment of conversion. Um, I remember distinctly when I fully realized what grace meant, right. the weight of the law and my sin was taken off of my shoulders. It is a, a memory and a feeling I will never forget. Mm-hmm. So for some strange reason, God allowed you to become a Mormon, and then you saw the challenges, the differences you left, and you ended up eventually becoming a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. Um, that's exciting that you're there today. Tell And, and you just started talking about that, that transformation, that understanding that Ephesians 2, 8, 9, eternal life is a free gift, not a result of our good works. The Mormons talk about faith plus works, and they work really hard, as you said. Yes, and God's word says eternal life is a free gift you can be assured today today we know we have eternal life when we have faith in christ talk a little bit more about what that meant and and what happened as you left and how you ended up becoming a a pastor my wife and i were also new parents we had we had twins a boy and a girl who today are almost 18 uh, but, uh, you know, when you become a parent, that also changes your perspective on eternity. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, as we then became active as, as lay people in this particular congregation, this, this Lutheran congregation, the first thing we did is have the children baptized. That was a wonderful experience. And um, then that 
same congregation acted as an extension of the American Lutheran Theological Seminary in California, and they were offering a number of seminary courses, and I thought, and they were offering one on Christology, which is the person and the work of Christ, and I thought, what a great opportunity for me. I'm going to take this as a lay person to wash Mormonism out of me, if you will. You know, after six years, I was afraid that I, there were things I w- perhaps wouldn't be able to separate from their theology and Christian theology. And I took the course uh, at the graduate level and loved it and got an A in it and immediately signed up for the next one. And it was the pastor there who was teaching the, the course, who was really acting as a facilitator of that course, uh, who then... Um, suggested to me that I pray about the ministry. Mm. And uh, after completing the second or the third course, then I applied and and actually was accepted into the MDiv program. That's the Master of Divinity program, the standard program for pastors. Mm. And um, because I was working full-time, I I attended part-time, and it did take me about seven years to complete that. But, um, you know, it was during that time where, where God fully made use of my time in Mormonism to to shape my ministry uh, and the emphasis I have of teaching people about salvation by grace through faith without works as a free gift. Um, and, you know, it reminds me that, that God always takes a bad situation and makes good out of it. Mm, he does. Yes, he does. We have two minutes left. Any other thoughts? Well, we all meet Mormons. Uh, statistically, you will meet one because it is such a large religion in our country. And I find it is best to not be hostile with them. Mm-hmm. I visit with them. Um, I always try to ask that same question in one shape or another of how are you justified? Uh, or sometimes I'll ask them the question, if you were to die right now, do you know for sure that you will live with God the Father forever? It's important that you say the Father because in their theology, that, that would mean full salvation. Mm-hmm. And for most of the Mormons, their answer would be, well, I sure hope so, I try, I, I'm a good person, I live the laws and ordinances of his gospel. And that's at that opportunity that you can share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ as, as we know it as Christians, that it is a free gift and they mm-hmm. can be assured of salvation Oh, without any works, with no worrying about it, because Jesus has done it all, and we receive that through faith. He has. He has. Thank you so much. My guest has been uh, Reverend Stephen Becker. He's been sharing his story of uh, becoming a Mormon, and then six years actively involved, and then leaving and then how the Holy Spirit led him eventually to become a Lutheran pastor. Uh, This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Learn more about Family Shield at www.familyshieldministries.com. Don't forget, you can hear this program on our archive page as well. Family Shield is a listener-supported radio outreach and is aired on 52 radio stations throughout the United States. Again, Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.